Detroit, Michigan, USA, 2001. She was another man's wife, but he could still dream. If it was against the law, he thought, I'd be in jail right now. The microwave went off like a ringside bell. He opened the door, took his cup out, and set about the business of making instant coffee. It was 3 a.m., but he was still restless. She slept upstairs. He cracked the door and checked on her every hour on the hour since midnight. Cover pulled up to her chin. Thick hair spread out from either side of her head like dark angel's wings. Things had changed for him the moment he'd seen her. He just didn't know what to do with her. A nervous little man named Pieter had handed her off to him at a small Windsor restaurant. Pieter had an oversized bald head, ringed by a short horseshoe of black hair. He was a foot shorter than Haggerty. The skin on the top of his head was shiny with a thin film of oil, as though he had polished it before arriving. Pieter and Natasha were an unlikely pair coming through the restaurant door. Haggerty had arrived first and was seated at the table. He looked up just in time to see them enter. Pieter was a friend of Haggerty's friend Sasha and spoke fluent English. He brought the woman, who had flown in last night to Toronto on Aeroflot, to Windsor just to meet Haggerty. If they made it across the American border and into Detroit, Haggerty had agreed to take her to his place. She was supposed to stay with him until Sasha got there. The time frame was a little vague, but Haggerty didn't have much choice. Sasha held all the cards. Natasha wore an ankle-length burgundy leather coat with a collar of blue-black fur that gently framed her oval face. Her rich brown hair hung to shoulder length. As they approached the table, her dark eyes stared directly at him, appraising him openly. Already thrown off balance, he stood too fast and nearly knocked over his coffee. It never occurred to him that she'd look so good. He extended his hand to her and smiled. Hello, she said, ignoring his hand. The word sounded oddly formal the way she spoke it. Hello, Haggerty said as he withdrew his hand. Sasha must have told you about me, said the little man beside her. My name is Pieter, yes? Like your English name Peter, only Russian. And this, of course, is Natasha. Peter's voice was as diminutive as the man himself. Haggerty had to lean forward to catch the words. It was as though he was whispering to convey a sensitive state secret. His eyes were round and dark and as closely set as a ferret's. They scanned the room constantly as he spoke, as though he were afraid of being arrested by one of the customers. Pieter's mannerisms should have been a tip-off. Haggerty should have known there would be trouble. He should have said that it was all a mistake and gone back across the border alone. But by then, it was too late. Try not to dwell on the memory, he dug through the kitchen wastebasket until he found the cigarette box. It's hard to quit, he told himself. Lifting back the lid, he found that there were still three cigarettes and a lighter inside. He removed a cigarette, lit it, and carried his coffee cup to the kitchen table. Smoke trailed behind him, the small kitchen filled with the burning odor. He sipped coffee and smoked for fifteen minutes, before he thought to himself that it was good she didn't speak English. It caused difficulties at the border, but they let her through anyway. Haggerty wasn't sure if he was happy about that. We have translators at the office, but they're closed now, he had told the immigration officer. It was a lie, but it worked. They stamped her through. Natasha Zemstov, citizen of Russia, and John Haggerty, citizen of the United States, had crossed over the bridge connecting Windsor and Detroit and had driven into America together. Welcome to America, he told her as he drove. Yes, she said. I speak a little French, he said hopefully. Thank you she replied with a tentative smile. It was the smile that got me, 
he thought. The refrigerator compressor kicked on, and he started at the noise. Irritably, he snubbed out his cigarette and took a last sip of coffee. He crossed the room, turned out the kitchen light, and walked to the couch to lie down again. On impulse, he went first to the window overlooking the street and looked out into the night. He saw the rain-glistened pavement shiny as an oil slick and the cars outlined by streetlights no brighter than flashlights strapped to a pole. From inside the black Ford Taurus that he had not noticed before, he saw a lighter ignite and then the faint red glow of a cigarette tip flaring to life. Still there, still watching. Who were they, and why did they just sit there watching the building night after night? Who were they watching, him or her, and why? If he'd known this was the night that they'd do more than watch, he wouldn't have stretched out on the couch and gone to sleep again.